Hello and welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast for people who are curious about how to have a more fulfilling work life. We live in a world largely driven by numbers, logic and reason. But how we feel at work and about our work impacts us, our organisations and society. There is a relationship between the numbers of our organisations and the life beyond the numbers. I'm Susan Michrielon, your host. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique and have unique experiences. And it's helpful to know that there are others who think like we do, or have had struggles too, or have gone where we want to go, or can show us things we didn't know. So join me and my guests as we place a lens on the human side of work life by sharing insights, stories and strategies to inspire you to let your uniqueness shine. Hello and welcome to episode 133 of Life Beyond the Numbers. Not the easiest episode number for an Irish person to say. I think I got through it okay. This episode is going out on Saturday, June 24th and we've just gone past the longest day of the year in this part of the world at least. And it's hot. Yeah, the temperature is high at the moment. It's 25 degrees Celsius in the house. So it's probably a bit hotter outside and perhaps wherever you are, it's quite hot too. And it makes me think about how the temperature can suddenly change. You know, it gets really hot really quickly because we went from about 12 or 13 degrees centigrade up to 25 degrees and everybody was like, and it kind of cooled down a bit and now it's hot again and it's easier to adjust. But I wonder if you can remember a time where suddenly the temperature really got hot. And then also the extreme opposite I know last December here in the UK, it got so cold and I can remember coming into the house after being away for a few days and it was just so cold and, you know, you kind of struggle to cope with it. But amazingly, your body adapts and I think our bodies are so phenomenal the way they maintain that balance and that core body temperature. And they work to do that. And I think that's sometimes why we can be a bit tireder when it's hot, because our body is working a little bit harder to keep us at the right temperature. And thinking about the weather changes like that, it's so much easier when it's a gradual change. We just adapt day by day. But when it's a big shift, definitely has an impact and a lot of people will get sick for example when it gets really cold really quickly or if we go from really cold to really hot that can impact people's health as well so those extreme shifts always make a difference it made me think about how we manage stress 
I look back on my own life and I think about stress and how the temperature of stress was gradually rising. And I didn't always realise perhaps how hot it was. A couple of months ago, I was asked to do a talk on the power of good mental health and well-being at work. And I did this talk with Javid Bobat, who's been a guest on the podcast in a couple of episodes. Really a topic I wanted to talk about. Um, It wasn't really a topic I wanted to talk about. More because I thought there's a lot more people a lot better qualified to speak about the power of good mental health. And I'm really glad I did now because it forced me to reflect on my own work life to see where perhaps the temperature rose in an unmanageable way. So I was going to share with you today a couple of things about the power of good mental health and well-being at work. And really this is in life as well because I talk about work life because one will impact the other. We are who we are. We don't change who we are when we walk out the door of our house or of our workplace. The World Health Organization defines good mental health as being able to cope with the normal stresses of life, work productively and realise your potential. Now the normal stresses of life, (laughs) that's quite a difficult one to define, isn't it? And we do need a level of stress in our lives. And I suppose it becomes a bit of a balancing act because Stress mobilises our body's resources to help us cope with threats, and that's a good thing. So we need moderate amounts of stress to work, to play sports, to learn. We really wouldn't manage without it. But our body also needs time to rest and recover. So there's a balancing act always going on. And acute incidents of stress are okay. Because, you know, we can ramp it up, deal with whatever's in front of us and then rest and recover. But chronic stress, hmm, that's a completely different story. And chronic stress is probably what a lot of us spend a lot of our lives in. And I don't know why I'm laughing here because it's no laughing matter. And and maybe it's a realisation that I spent a lot of my own working life probably in a chronic stress state. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I am mentally strong, mentally healthy, mentally fit, mentally resilient, whatever phrase you want to use. I am one of those glass half full, even maybe a little bit more type people. And honestly, I count myself lucky that I don't typically worry about things. I rarely feel anxious and I can take on a fair amount of responsibility without feeling overwhelmed or without feeling stressed. And so I suppose most importantly, I feel normal. (laughs) I am normal, for me at least. I don't know any different. I only know my own experiences, my own thoughts, my own feelings. So I know when I feel well or I don't feel well, when I feel stressed, when I feel joy or excitement. 
And yet I can normalize all of those feelings as they change gradually. So if I feel stressed at work, I begin to accept that a certain level of stress is normal and slowly build my tolerance level. But as that normal gradually increases and I don't make any changes, it will rise to a level of unhealthy stress. My tolerance has increased, sure, but at what cost? I can't keep increasing that tolerance level because there is only a finite amount available to me before my mind and or my body protests. Maybe I'm lucky and I go on holidays and I have a rest and recovery period. Holidays are meant for enjoyment. They're not meant for recovery. Or I get sick and I relax and recover. We talk a lot about empathy and putting ourselves in other people's shoes, but it's next to impossible to imagine what it is actually like to be someone else. Because no matter how hard we try to imagine what it is like for them, we are imagining their experience through our thoughts and our feelings. But how often do we stop and think about our lives from our perspective? Is what we are doing actually normal? And how do we know when we are stressed or coping or overwhelmed or not? I went back and looked at one role in particular that I had that was very stressful. (laughs) And the more I look back on it, the more I realise how stressful it actually was. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read out some excerpts of emails that I sent to different friends over a three to four year period in this job. And I want you to be curious, I suppose, as to whether or not I was mentally healthy, mentally fit, mentally resilient or mentally strong. And the first email, I was three months into the job. There's so much work to be done. It is really daunting. And although I keep convincing myself it is all achievable, I go through days of despair. Three months later, life is hectic. It's going well, but it's way more demanding and challenging than I expected. A month later, Life is incredibly hectic here. I'm just working all the time, even most Saturdays and some Sundays. I am really stressed actually, and I can feel it everywhere. And I recount a story about how I fell on the stairs when working over the weekend in the office. And it was a Saturday. And I was really lucky actually that I didn't hurt myself badly because I fell in the stairwell. It was a Saturday and nobody would have found me until Monday if anything had happened. Same month. There is just lots going on in my head and the thoughts are all competing for attention in there and making me a bit snappy. 
I'm my own worst enemy with my thoughts. I need to think less. I don't think telling my boss I hate my job is the best approach, but perhaps I can tell my boss that I am unhappy in it. It is too stressful and erratic, and I just can't see a long-term future. Or is that a risky strategy? I feel that I have become what I do and not who I am and was looking forward to Dublin to spend time with people who knew me, even know me as Susan. Now, I can't remember what happened that time. It's a long time ago, but I'm assuming now that I didn't go to Dublin for some reason, perhaps work related because I just didn't feel I could afford to take a weekend off. Six months later, stress levels are very high. There is a building being renovated across from the office and there has been constant drilling for the last five weeks. I'm getting headaches every day, but I can't figure out if it is just the drilling or just the work stress or a combination of both. A month later, very busy, more than I ever really imagined. I am not even here a year yet and feel like it has been about five. I think most of the reasons I left Africa have just followed me here and so I haven't managed to get the whole work-life balance worked out yet. I enjoy my job most of the time but it is consuming me and so not really sustainable I think. And on the one year anniversary more or less I think I bit off more than I can chew. Work is tough going and I'm feeling the pressure. A month later, not sure how long more I'll stay. I need a job that is not so demanding and gives me a bit more of a work-life balance or even more of a life. Six months later, I rarely leave the office for lunch and usually eat at my desk. I've worked 60 days overtime this year. I'm self-motivated, but this is clearly not sustainable or healthy. I've been covering a gap that needs to be addressed. Six months later. Being a director is no joke. The responsibility is so stressful. I have so many sleepless nights. It is also an amazing organisation and I love what we do. The impact makes it worth it, I guess. Five months later, sad to see a colleague go and also jealous that my colleague has managed to get out. And then about six months later, I went on holidays. Uh, (laughs) I'll never forget, I had a massage while I was on holidays and the woman who was doing the massage just said to me that she'd never encountered shoulders so rock hard before and that it was a dangerous level. And I don't think I really took much notice of that at the time. But I came back from holidays and I remember lunchtime on the first day back, one of my direct reports came to me and he said, you know, Susan, I just want to say that you looked absolutely great after coming back after your holidays, relaxed and refreshed and renewed but now you look haggard. And he said, and I hate to use that word because it's just a horrible word to say to somebody, 
but I need you to know that already that's how you look. You're four hours back in the office. And I guess it was a bit of a wake up, wake up call. (laughs) I mean, I was just not awake to all that was going on. And I suppose what amazes me looking back on this was how much I was able to justify what was happening. And I wonder if I had sent all of these messages to the same person, would somebody have said something? Or if I was saying the same things to the same people, who knows? I mean, I can look back now and say that I told selective people selective things. I I can't remember. But at the time, I was not aware of the level of stress and perhaps the damage that I was doing to myself. Not long after coming back from holidays, I handed in my notice and I left. And I left quite hurt, I would say, and disappointed and upset and carried a lot of probably anger and animosity for quite some time after that and fear, actually. There were a couple of people that I was afraid of because I felt I'd been undermined and bullied and there were a lot of things that went on that contributed to the stress. But I also have to ask, and I didn't, what role I played in all of that. And that's the thing, I'm not sure, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I'm not sure that I had that level of awareness or maturity or self-reflection at that point in my life that I was able to take a step back and look at what was really going on there. It's easy to see mental health and well-being as an individual issue, but it's complex and influenced by individual, environmental and social factors. So individual factors like our genetics, personality and life experiences. It affects how we think, feel and act. It helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others and make choices and decisions. When we're in an organisation that we have no support or not enough support in the right areas or work stress is really high, workload is really high, there's a toxic environment, all of those things contribute to not coping with the normal stresses of daily life, not being productive and not realising your potential. I think it's easy to think of the opposite of mental health being mental ill health or bad mental health or whatever you want to call it. Many of us might normalise our stress levels, you know. We get to the stage where we think, well, this is just how it's meant to be. We've just got to grin and bear it. It is what it is. Keep calm and carry on or keep stressed and carry on as it is. And I I suppose I think at the time I, I coped. But I look back now wondering how much better a job I could have done if I was at my best how much better of a job could I have done if I was fully supported 
and maybe asked for what I needed, how much better of a job could I have done if I had challenged some of the toxic work practices? But when you're in the middle of something, you know, we say you can't see the wood for the trees. But I heard something recently I really liked, that when you're in the bottle, you can't read the label. And that is where keeping your own reflection or self-reflecting or having somebody who's going to tell you when they see in you that you've changed is so important. And self-reflection is... It's not always easy to take an honest look at yourself and what you're contributing to the situation you're in. And it is easy, and I say that kind of clenching my teeth a bit, but it is easy to blame other people and to blame the situation and blame the circumstances. But you also have a responsibility to see your part in it. And in a way that you don't have to lose your job or walk away from it, that might not be the only option. Or you might not burn yourself out or be completely fried. So again, like I say, I've only got my own experience. But when mental health and well-being began to be talked about a bit more openly... I often think a lot of it is being approached from the individual side, like it's an individual issue. And of course, sometimes it is. But I feel there's things like we don't talk about, like micromanagement, bullying and harassment and the role that that plays in not having an environment that maintains good mental health and well-being. And the other things like a lack of recognition, a lack of appreciation, a lack of sense of belonging... We need all of these things to feel mentally healthy and mentally well at work. And there's a study that came out recently that says the feeling of always being on call, unfair treatment, unreasonable workload, low autonomy, lack of social support, all of them contribute to workplace stress and overwhelm. And As a leader, you also have a responsibility to walk the talk. It's no good to make sure that everyone else on your team is well taken care of and make sure they go home on time or have their holidays or whatever it is and their workload is manageable if yours isn't. And I think that's something that maybe we underestimate sometimes when we're in roles like that that yeah we can cope it's our job to we're paid to take on this extra responsibility but actually also you have a duty of care to the people that work for you and you know that old you need to put on your own mask first in an airplane it is really the same thing in workplaces so if you are in a stressful environment which i think most of us are And often there's stresses coming from every angle. But in your workplace, if you are responsible for other people, I think starting with yourself is a good place to start. But about 18 months after I left that job, I was at a talk about ethics at work. And 
I was so impressed with what the speaker said that I wrote to them afterwards and I said to them that I'd been in that horrible place where my only option was to change something or leave. And I did go through a pretty awful time and was bullied, undermined and discredited. I had very little support and I felt very isolated and alone. And at times I felt like I was trying to convince everyone else that white was white, but they were all telling me that white was black. And that person replied to me saying, I teach postgraduate students in their 30s to 50s and it never ceases to distress and surprise me how many of them are holding really difficult ethical situations without any clear idea how to unpack them or confront them. Dealing with ethical dilemmas leads to very high levels of stress, anger, high blood pressure, depression, frustration, loss of self-esteem, phobias, and so on. And one of the things that that person said was, it isn't about what we can do, but about what we can be. And I guess I would say it's about who we can be. And how can we be the best version of ourselves? And we owe that to ourselves. You are the only one who truly knows how you feel, how you think, and why you act the way you do. And increasing our own self-awareness is the greatest gift we can give to ourselves. Taking an honest look at ourselves, our thinking, our feelings, our behaviour, and asking ourselves, when are we at our best? And when we don't think, feel and act at our best, to ask ourselves what our own contribution to that was. How often do you minimise your own needs, dismiss the niggles, ignore the signs? What have you normalised? How do you react when people tell you they think you're working too much? And complain because you don't have enough time to see them to take a stand and defend it taking an honest look at our own situation can be risky admitting that we are in over our heads that we are unfulfilled too stressed unhappy it isn't always easy And we normalise it by kind of going, well, I just need to get through it this week, this month, this quarter, whatever it is. And again, from my own experience, it is a long road back. And if any of this resonates with you today, don't keep accruing a metabolic tax that you will not be able to afford to pay when it becomes due because your body or your mind will put a stop to it at some point. So don't leave it too long. I feel like that's a kind of a very low note (laughs) to end on. If anything in here resonated with you, there are so many resources out there dealing with good mental health and well-being, how to address it and how to talk to colleagues about it and how to think for yourself about it and obviously if anyone would like to have a conversation with me please always feel free to reach out about this topic or any other.
This is a serious topic. It is a serious topic and it is an individual issue as much as it is a collective issue for our organisations, our schools, our society at large and the world. And we all have our own role to play. There's so much beauty in life. There's so much joy in life. There's so much fulfilment to be found. And thinking that I don't deserve it. I I have to wait for something else to happen. So retirement or whatever. We're only in this one moment in front of us and we live life moment by moment. And no matter how much we think we might be here this time next week, next year, 10 years time, we really have no idea. And a little bit of stress goes a long way. It really does. But constant chronic stress is not good for any of us. And I wish you a healthily stressed life. Until the next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the paths we traversed on today's episode. If something rang through for you, be sure to let me know. Or maybe you can share this with someone in your life who would benefit from listening too. And if you enjoy helping others, I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review so that people who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers can discover this podcast too.